Testing mic, one, two, one, two. Wow, wow, testing. What was that supposed to be? Oh, just, just my usual testing noise. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast. Now, as you can hear, this sounds a little bit different this week because we are live from Vegan Life Live at the Alexandra Palace at London here in the UK. And Vegan Life Live is brought to you by Vegan Life magazine and it is a weekend vegan consumer event. So we're going to be seeing gosh probably over a hundred stalls there are three stages with different speakers and activists and just lots of vegan stuff going on and the amazing thing is this is probably the first big vegan event that we've been to since we've had covid since we've had lockdown so we're gonna have quite an exciting um, weekend of stalls of talks and just of meeting up and immersing ourselves in the vegan scene but i am here this weekend with my vegan business tribe co-founder yes she does exist lisa lisa hello hello <laughs> i do my best to do a david introduction <laughs> So that was your impression of me. Absolutely brilliant. That's a good way to start. So, Lisa, we're here for a whole weekend. We're here for two days, which is wonderful. So what are you most looking forward to seeing while we're here? Uh, some of our Vegan Business Tribe members and patrons, I am super excited to actually see uh, you in person, finally. And just looking down the list, there are some amazing people giving talks that I'd just like to sit in and listen to. So uh, looking down the list, who would you like to see the most, Lisa? It's got to be Dave and Steve from The Happy Pair, just because they were a massive part of my initial vegan journey and trying to find decent, healthy uh, vegan recipes, but tasty recipes to cook. Uh, And yeah, I I watched so many of their videos and cooked you so many of their dishes that, yeah, they were a huge part of, of our initial vegan journey. Absolutely. So there are going to be hopefully quite a few vegan celebs here and hopefully we'll get one or two of them on the microphone as well to uh, say hello to you lot. Um, But let's get in there. Let's just have a walk around and um, let's see who we find. So I'm here now with Dana Burton from Vegan Kids. And as you walk into Vegan Life Live, she has what you can only explain as a camp set up just in the middle of a hall. So Dana, explain what's going on here. We've got lots of activities on for kids today. So you can, you can do a sensory tent. We're kind of trying to create a mini festival um, area. So we've got lots of arts and crafts. We've got our vegan kids library where we've had books donated from some very cool authors. And I think Ray Starr, who's another vegan business tribe member, she's coming tomorrow to read a story. And we've got Laura Shepner coming to read a story today. Um, and yeah, we're, we're mostly here promoting our festival and all the events and stuff that we do to help vegan kids. Yeah, because we do have coming up the Vegan Kids Festival, don't we? Absolutely, yeah, it's coming up in July, so uh, we've got a few tickets left, so we're just trying to give that final push. And how important is it to actually be engaging kids around veganism? I think it's really important because a lot of them might be the only vegan child in their school and they haven't really had the opportunity to maybe meet other vegans and, you know, they don't always know. And we find that when the vegan kids get together, they form like really cool bonds because they've got something in common straight away. And it just gives them that little bit of extra confidence when they're talking to people in their schools or maybe even teachers that aren't sure about veganism. They're just becoming a bit more confident about what veganism is and what it means to them. Try this one. That's the smoky and the cashewella. So we've just 
run over to the One Planet Pizza stand. And I'm here with Joe Hill, who is one half of the founders of One Planet Pizza. How are you doing today, Joe? Very good, thank you, mate. Very good. Fantastic. Now, there's been some amazing things going on at One Planet Pizza. Do you want to just give us a very quick kind of roundup of what's happened over the last 12 months? I guess the biggest news for us is that we've been very busy trying to break into the major retailers. Uh, So in the last 12 months, very excited that we started talking to Asda uh, and we were the first uh, first pizza brand, first vegan pizza brand to launch into their stores through their incubator. Um, So that's been going really well for about three months now almost. Can I just ask Joe, how did you get into that incubator? Just perseverance. Just uh, So we've, we've got a brilliant commercial manager, uh, excellent marketing manager, and then me and Mike just every day, every week, knocking on the doors, finding out who to speak to, and literally just persevering, trying to think outside the pizza box, uh, sending samples, trying to find and reach them in different ways, but really just selling that story quickly, effectively, and then just continually knocking on the right doors. Fantastic. So what's happening next with One Planet Pizza? What's the plan for this vegan world domination? Next up, we're in the next few weeks, we're going to find out with Asda, hopefully, if we're going to be rolled out into more stores and, fingers crossed, be taking them from 75 stores into more. It's, it's bottom line. Is that, that's what we want, more distribution to reach more customers, uh, to get the pizzas in, in more stores. And we're also talking to a couple of the other big UK retailers, just trying to reach more people with the pizzas. Fantastic. So if we're wanting to support One Planet Pizza, the message is kind of just get out there and buy it from the supermarket when you see it. Yeah, we've done a lot of work on the price to make them uh, as friendly to consumers and accessible and affordable as possible. So we've brought the actual price of the pizzas down to 375 and they're going to be on promotion in a few weeks in Asda down to something like 299 which for a premium, you know, handcrafted vegan pizza is as affordable as you'll get really so we just really want to make it uh, super easy for everyone to eat decent quality vegan pizza so that's the best thing you can do is go to an Asda find us online uh, find all the independents that sell them and just help us by uh, helping us grow okay, so this one was is that very cheesy? and now we're going one step further with cultivated meat which is identical on the molecular level to traditional meat it involves putting animal cells in an incubator, providing them rich nutrients and allowing them to grow into muscle exactly as they would inside the animal's body, except outside of the body. And this hugely consequential innovation will not be limited to meat. British billionaire Jim Mellon recently came out saying he is certain the future will be free from traditional dairy, not just because of the exploding plant-based milk market, but because of something called precision fermented dairy. Okay, there are so many speakers today. There are three different stages of myself and Lisa. We've actually had to, had to split up to cover them all because there's a few people speaking at the same time. So, so Lisa, who did you just go uh, see speak? Uh, I went to see Tim Newthorpe and he works at the Vegan Society. He's the Senior Campaigns and Policy Officer there. Fantastic. And so what takeaways did you take away from Tim? Uh, there were lots of things, but the, the interesting things were when it comes to making policies and stuff, their lobbying is vastly outspent by the other very non-vegan lobbyists, so like the NFU, the National Farmers Union. Um, and then they've also been working on how to propose new legislation. And they've worked not just with other vegans about create, how to create a vegan world and how to get from where we are now to that vegan world that we all want, but also... Um, they've been getting people from outside of that vegan sphere. So they've been working with farmers, the dairy industry, the NHS, landowners and soil association and lots more people to actually come up with viable solutions together about how we move towards that vegan world. And I think that's a lot of things 
that people don't appreciate about the vegan society, about what they actually do. You know, pe people think about, well, they, they maybe go man stalls at shows like this, and the vegan society have got a stall here. But I don't think they realise the actual extent that the vegan society are looking to actually, you know, influence and change the law in a positive way for veganism. Massively. There were a few people there who actually came up to speak to me afterwards and were talking about how wonderful the vegan society are and how they didn't realise that they did anything other than the trademarking process. And I said, that's part of the issue. And when you do so many different things, how do you actually publicise that and all these different arms of what you're doing? Uh, and I ended up feeling like I was working for the vegan society because I told them to go over to the stand and sign up for a membership. <laughs> but again, that's what we always say at Vegan Business Drive. If you're a vegan and you're not actually supporting the vegan society, then, you know, just... Just get yourself sorted out. Okay, no. And whilst you were there listening to uh, Tim, I went and sat in on Klaus Mitchell's talk. And Klaus is one of the founders of Plant Based News. And, and it was interesting because he was actually talking about where he saw the vegan sector moving. So he was talking a lot about cultivated meat and precision fermented dairy. And if you've not heard of these two terms before, then this is kind of where, um, you know, companies are looking at making meat, real animal meat and dairy, you know, real dairy milk but without the animals involved in that process so it is made in factories and laboratories and it will never actually be vegan because it does come from cells it does come from animal cells but it is a process that once it has been started and once it's been mastered as, as many companies have now then an animal just isn't involved in that process and and i think that we might actually end up in the place in the world where animal-based food might end without actually the everyday consumer knowing or knowing any different because they'll be having the exact same product but it will have been made in a factory or glowed in a lab instead of actually be made from an animal and when we say if you're making a vegan product and it's always great to make those like for like products you know give people products that they're already familiar with so they're not having to actually change their consumer behavior that's going one step more that's not just giving a like for like product that's giving the exact same product but just with no animals involved yeah, and that's not something that anybody's going to have a problem with. You know, they can't possibly uh, say, well, you know, put bacon though, or whatever it, <laughs> whatever it is that they're going to come out with, they're getting exactly the same. So, that so we make this by fermenting apricot and grape. There you go. So we finally found Laura Chepner, and Laura Chepner you may know from uh, formerly Primary of Education, but has now moved over to be working with the Vegan Society. And, and what are you doing at the Vegan Society now, Laura? Hello, so um, I'm the Education Officer and Chair of the Vegan Society's Education Network. So I'm basically the person who will support anyone in education, be it the teachers and the education institutions themselves, or vegan parents and families and learners who might need support. And it's brilliant. So just tell me, what's it like going on board with a Vegan Society? What's it like being part of a team who actually coined the word vegan? It's I wake up every day and pinch myself. In fact, I was actually at Donald Watson's house in the Lake District on holiday when um, I heard about the role and it felt serendipitous. It was just, it's brilliant. Um, just wearing a Vegan Society t-shirt now and walking around, I just feel so proud. It's brilliant. And they've got the infrastructure that I needed to get my voice and, and the, the voices of vegan learners out there. So very happy. I know you're doing quite a big campaign at the moment, aren't you, about actually, um, is it, it's for Vegan Education Network, I think. So just give us a quick update of what's actually happening this year with that. So, yeah, the petition 
that's going around at the minute is to ask the government to put plant-based options on every vegan menu. The public sector is so big, um, but we. But I'm focusing obviously on education. Um, the government actually put something out this morning saying that they were going to do it, but I'm going to carry on with this petition because who knows if they can be trusted on this one, and it's so important to us. Um, but the education network in general, we're just making resources, supporting people, supporting schools, and just anything that anybody needs from us we will create we've created one amazing document that is for educators to learn about veganism we're currently writing a load of letters that vegan learners and their families can edit and send out to schools to ask them not to go to zoos and things like that and each quarter of each year from here on in we're going to create something magical so it's just brilliant watch out and if you need any help or want to see what we're doing you can look on the vegan society website on my education page and there'll be loads of support there So Lisa and I, we've just taken a break to actually have some vegan hot dogs, which were absolutely wonderful, weren't they, Lisa? They were fabulous. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. But then we've just had somebody sitting at the next table. I've got um, Ben and Natalia with me here. Um, So, Ben, you've just come over and said you're a massive fan of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast, which is exactly what I want to hear coming to events like this. So, Ben, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so I've been listening to the podcast for, I started, what, end of last year. Uh, I used to work in finance, I was a trader, don't judge me too much. Um, I've changed, no, I'm just still not really, no, I went away travelling for two years, I've uh, been vegan for four years, kind of wanted a bit of a break to reassess everything, came back and um, yeah, then I met my lovely girlfriend Natalia, who's Brazilian, and we're kind of like, yeah, looking to do something a bit different, but... And that is amazing because I think a lot of people are in your sort of situation where they want to align their ethics with how they make a living, but they're just not sure how to do that yet. So they, they, they go through lots of ideas, lots of plans and people like that. But Natalia, Ben was just saying that you've actually got an amazing story yourself. Yeah, uh, well, I'm from Brazil and I'm, I'm pastry chef. I had my restaurant for the past like uh, three years in Brazil, but then I was vegetarian. Then I become vegan, went to travel, met Ben and then become v- uh, vegan. Uh, so a year and a half now and then I really want to do something with veganism like I don't know like uh, open a new business like start something online teaching people how to like uh, it's possible to have like a good food vegan food like uh, and, and this is the fun part of starting a vegan business because you will hear a lot of activists say that actually when you're doing vegan activism start with the skills you've already got start with what you already know instead of trying to go and learn something else use all that career capital so what are you going to do then? We've got bacon and we've got finance. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's trying to balance that thing between doing something short term and immediately and, you know, being able to have the resources and the platform to kind of take the plunge to do something else. And, and also to kind of also have the time to have the creative space to think of that. Because uh, it's easy enough to say you want to do something different, but you have to think, you have to have an idea, you have to see if it's viable. That's why your stuff is so great, because it really sort of breaks it down and it kind of makes it more bite-sized and you kind of like, yeah, I, I can do that, I can do that. Uh, to be honest, I think more, it would probably be more Natalia and I'm kind of just there as a support thing and more have an idea of how businesses run. But yeah, she's very much going to be the creative and idea type. Absolutely. But having that background in finance, that is actually quite an important thing because just knowing how money works and how money funds business, you know, that actually puts you um, a little bit of a step ahead of the average person who is looking to set up a business. But, but back to Natalia then. So what is the big idea? 
Oh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> Honestly, it's just amazing because like you start from one like uh, step by step, and then you start like having like more ideas and write down things that you think about and maybe could work, and then you, yeah, maybe these. And so now. I still don't know like what kind of business if it's going to be something like start online maybe with classes people like uh, to teach people come down to vegan business drive no because when you surround yourself with people who are trying to work this out themselves on the same mission as you are that's really really good for support so come on down let's get you on a networking meetup let's get you actually meeting some vegan business drive members and we'll take it from there yeah so the vegan business drive members are coming thick and fast now and I've just been um, accosted by Mr. Keith Lesser from Vegan Accountants and, and Keith isn't just one of our members he's actually one of our Vegan Business Tribe patrons so this is one of the guys who actually keeps Vegan Business Tribe running so Keith how are you doing today? Yeah it's very well David yourself certainly well fed <laughs> absolutely yeah Keith did just catch us eating some vegan hot dogs so uh, the less said about that the better so Keith I mean this is an interesting day today with uh, Vegan Life Live down at Alexander Palace brilliant place to be but what's your view on where we are at the moment where we can have something like vegan accountants yeah I mean I wouldn't describe myself as kind of a, a militant vegan but you know I'm more softly softly and I kind of take an inclusive approach and I think actually more businesses could be more open about that and kind of more tolerant you know i joke like 10 years ago someone would have said you would have been vegan i would have kind of just it's just impossible in my head that i ever would have become vegan you know so i think we've just got to be very open with 99 percent of the population and and like lisa was just saying plant those seeds and and see where it goes and you know if we just market to vegans like you always quote that beyond meat stat which sticks in my mind about 93 percent of their customers are non-vegans so i think we need to be very open about that who we're pitching to and very tolerant and you know just spread the word really brilliant so um what have you seen here today that's caught your eyes is there anything you, you want to go back and take another look at well um the ice cream was good <laughs> Ain't too much of that. I think you go around, you have some tasters, don't you? There's some good stuff. Some of the protein bars are pretty good. I mean, we've got some um, V-gums. I noticed they've got a sugar-free version as well, so that's good, especially for the kids, getting them eating some uh, healthy vitamins and stuff. And like that's kind of a classic barrier, isn't it? Like, I've probably been asked about five times a day, like, is your kid vegan? And it's kind of, well... Yeah, they can get all their vitamins and proteins, so why do we need to start killing animals, you know? Absolutely wonderful. Well, wonderful to run into you, Keith. And, and again, you know, Keith is a patron of Vegan Business Tribe. He is one of the guys who keeps Vegan Business Tribe running, so uh, thank you so much, Keith. <laughs> Thanks, David. Good to speak to you. Yes, very, very good for when you're drinking it every day, good for your digestion. Um, so we've just listened to an absolutely amazing presentation by Paul Curtin, who is hench here before, and, and Gemma as well, um, all about whole food, plant-based diet. And now, now Paul, just, just give me a very quick rundown of what you just covered in, in that presentation. Uh, yeah, so whole food, plant-based nutrition. So it was our story, and then we just went on to say how whole plant foods can support fitness and is optimal for health. Um, and we just gave some success stories of people that we've interviewed who've had amazing health turnaround journeys where they've been on death's door and then they went whole foods plant-based and now they're thriving and yeah like like the, one guy said his cardiologist told him that his heart was working at 10 percent of capacity and then within four months his cardiologist said it's 86 percent healed 
And within 10 months, he said, it looks as though you never had any heart issues. And it's so powerful. And that's just wonderful to hear, isn't it? And it's interesting, when you look at Hench Herbivore as a brand almost, Paul, you're there with the muscles. And Paul is just doing something quite, quite awful with his pecs at the moment, which I'm not even going to, to comment on. Uh, you know, but then you've got the opposite side as well of, of Gemma with the nutrition. And Gemma, it's been quite a journey for you because this is the first time I've actually heard you introduce yourself as a vegan chef, which is actually amazing to hear. <laughs> Well, I suppose I wanted to quantify in the talk, like, who am I? What's my sort of role in the channel? I don't really see myself as a chef, if I'm honest. Like, uh, I've been doing vegan cooking for a few years and I have done three ebooks. I just know how to make something really simple and easy, you know. And yeah, I think if I can do it, anyone can. So I wouldn't really say I'm a chef, but I can put together a, a simple meal with whole plant foods, you know, that tastes all right. And make it tasty. So, you know, we coach people online and what they say is, you know, we meet their macro, micronutrient needs, caloric needs, but it's based around foods they love and that they enjoy with all the herbs and spices and delicious foods. And it's, it's sustainable. Like, they, they want to keep eating it because they're enjoying it. And that's, that's the secret, isn't it? Getting it to taste good. Yeah. And I think looking at all your social media and all the different platforms that you actually produce stuff through, you're up to somewhere like, what, 50,000, 60,000 followers, maybe a little bit higher now, something like that. But that's been, that's been hard to get there. And I think when people look at being influencers or educators or something like that they think it's probably quite an easy job but I know you two have been on a journey yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's not easy and, and to be honest it's kind of becoming increasingly difficult I think in the uh, vegan niche now so many people are going vegan so we're almost a victim of our own success like a lot of these events now will be under attended and you think oh no that's not nice but it's because you can get vegan food in your blinking supermarket and it's so available so it's kind of bittersweet and actually it's uh, it's a good thing but and recently, I mean, we were working so hard and trying to sell like ebooks and our online course, and it became increasingly difficult. Like you have to put out so much content. When you put out a new thing, you get great sales over time. The sales. So, but recently we got advice to to offer high ticket items like online coaching. And now, like because you know, if you've got a following, you know, you've built that know, like, and trust factor. Your your authority. And people will pay like thousands of pounds for, for products and services and uh, the pressure's off now. And now I'm just loving making content again. And you just have to maybe do one sale in a month rather than you have to sell hundreds of ebooks. It's good to have different price points, I think. So for whatever people can afford or want from you. But yeah, just to have, have a higher ticket thing, like you said, you know, just maybe you have to sell one or two. Well, that's, yeah, it really takes the pressure off. Yeah. And I think that's advice that we give to a lot of people when we're starting business up, is actually the most important thing is building that audience and letting that audience build the company with you because it's, it's perfectly acceptable now to build companies in public with people watching you. And, and I think that's what you two have been doing over the last couple of years as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. I, I think the most, um, the most important thing I'll say is, yeah, make the content, get it out there. And it sounds really counterintuitive, but I think like, give your best information for free which sounds mental, but people will see your value and how knowledgeable you are. And then when they, when they want something bespoke, you know, you've built that know, like, and trust factor and that authority and people will come to you. And, um, you know, if you're passionate about doing it, I, I've put out so much content and it's like, it's not a chore because I just love doing it. I love spreading this vegan message, helping people, planet the animals, no better reason to get out of bed. And um, the work almost does itself, if I'm honest. Yeah, so really, I'm quite lazy. I just do what I enjoy doing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Gemma, just to wrap us up then. So, what's your advice to if somebody is trying to build an audience? So, someone's in the same situation that maybe you were 12 months ago or something like that. 
Uh, what I've really learned is to find out what is it that your target audience needs, what problem do they have, and solve that problem. And give, like Paul said, give your best information for free. So create free, you know, videos, maybe PDFs, like documents. Some people create like free courses, like whatever you can put together. The more stuff you offer for free, you show your value, you know, and they'll see you as, oh, that's that guy I go to for advice on this or that or whatever, you know, they need. And if you're constantly helping them solve all their problems, it's not that they then won't buy from you as well, because they'll think, oh, he knows it. I want to get, like, he's told me what to do, but I want it to be bespoke or I want him to handhold me or like whatever the thing is, you know. So, and that you'll, you can grow so much better that way. To stand out, I think you have to be really a valuable resource. So the more you can give for free that is valuable, like, it does sound counterintuitive, but I think it is a really great way to grow, like, respect. People don't just think, oh, you're just trying to sell me something. They'll think, oh, you can really you're really offering me good yeah good value absolutely amazing advice so paul where are we going to see you next oh so we're doing the talk at a vegan camp out which is next month isn't it um so yeah we're on the main stage and we hope everyone will come and see us and we're just really pumped like we just love this community and you know to meet everyone and have a hug and a photo and it's the they're the best people they're the loveliest people so did you pitch at vegan camp out or did they pitch at you uh they came to me yeah they came to me yeah. And that's a nice place to be at. It's, yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? I've never been so popular. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, that is um, Henshaw before. You can go find them on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram. If, if you can go online and find somebody, they're there. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Paul and Gemma, thank you so much. Thank you, brother. So we have come to the end of day one of Vegan Life Live at uh, the Alexander Palace, and it's an absolutely magnificent um, venue. It's this huge hall with very high ceilings, so high in fact that we've actually, just looking up, Lisa, we've actually got a couple of pigeons um, which have been flying from one end of the hall to the other, try, trying to get out. Um, I don't know how we got in here. But it's just a wonderful place to be as well. So we're at the end of day one. We're going to head back to our hotel in a minute. But Lisa, what are your takeaways? What have you learned today? And what, what do you think you now know that we didn't know this morning? Um, that we're helping people. <laughs> We've been to some of these events before, but of course there hasn't been many events because of the pandemic and everything else. And, you know, we put out this content and the podcast and everything else, and we, we assume that we're helping people. Some, some of our members come to us and tell us that they've been listening to our podcast for a long time, which is fabulous. But we've, we've come to this today, and uh, we, we just sat down to have something really quick to eat, and we were approached by two people, you know, that we hadn't met before and who just wanted to have a sit down and said thank you so much for everything that you're doing and it was just, it's really touching to, to know that we're helping people who actually haven't been in contact yet so if you're one of those people then thank you for listening and, and, and I'm glad you're finding this really valuable and the podcast and the weekly content that we're doing because that's what we're doing it for and it's, it's wonderful to have that feedback. Yeah, and I think as as content producers, which I'm guessing what we are, you know, you know, it's uh, and lots of our members are in this same place as well. You produce this content and you keep putting it out, and it's a little bit like a treadmill that you know every week we, we we've got to get the podcast out, got to get it finished, got to get the articles on the website, got to be writing a new course or something like that. That you probably don't actually think about the people listening all the time that there are people out there consuming that content so you know just coming to events like this meeting our members face to face what we always love to do and you know just having people coming up to us and saying yeah we really appreciate what you're doing or just saying we we consume what you're doing we listen to what you're doing that gives you so much energy to just keep going with your mission yeah absolutely um the more that we can help the better and again it's just wonderful to eat 
to not eat more vegans to <laughs> to meet even more lovely vegans <laughs> would eating a vegan be vegan <laughs> i think it's getting to that time of day when i'm a bit hungry <laughs> apologies <laughs> <laughs> but i think you're right it is nice sometimes just to immerse yourself in that kind of sea of veganism for a day and just remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. So today has been absolutely brilliant for that. But we've, we've got a full day tomorrow as well. Again, a full day of speakers. Um, we've not even had a chance to actually walk around the stalls. And th- there must be you know, 150 or so stalls here. So we've not even had a chance to do that. So we're going to be doing that tomorrow as well and uh, hopefully get to interview some more interesting people. Okay, so we're here for day two of Vegan Life Live at the Alexander Palace and uh, we're actually just walking up to the venue, Alexander Palace, and it's in this huge grounds which um, this time in the morning it's full of birds singing and squirrels and dog walkers and jogging and everything else going on. Well, there is a little bit of a trek up to the top of a hill so we might sound uh, slightly out of breath. Um, however, day two, Lisa, so what are you looking forward to seeing today? I'm looking forward to getting around the stands today. We were so busy yesterday with interviews and speaking to people that, yeah, we didn't actually get to see any of the stands and and our members who have stands there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Absolutely. We know a lot of people were sort of uh, tagging us into things yesterday and uh, we had to sort of send some messages apologising that we just didn't get a chance to go around the actual exhibition itself. So we're going to be doing that today. Um, A few good speakers on today as well. Um, Earthling Ed, uh, Ed Winters, he's going to be speaking today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So we'll see uh, if it suddenly gets uh, inundated with thousands of vegans <laughs> descending on it um, or, or if he gets a, a relative turnout to, to everyone else this weekend. It's been nice and busy, but yeah, with Ed Winters headlining today, it'll be interesting to see how busy it gets. Absolutely right. So um, we're just coming to the top of a hill. We can see the amazing Alexander Palace in front of us. So uh, let's go join the queue, Lisa. Exciting. <laughs> It's nice to be here because this is the first speech that I've given to a room this full of vegans in such a long time. It's nice. And that was quite an interesting session that we just sat in with um, Earthling Ed. Because when you come to an event like this, yes, you're here for the free vegan chocolate and to you know, try out different products and things like that. But if an, if an activist is speaking, it's good just to go and kind of listen to what they've got to say and remind yourself why you're vegan in the first place. And Earthling Ed, I mean, he's a very convincing speaker. He's an excellent speaker. But just he was talking about how to actually engage with people who aren't vegan yet themselves. And I think one of the big takeaways I was going to take from that, Lisa, was he was talking about how you cannot be the stereotypical vegan. If somebody's got this image in their mind of how vegans are, then it's actually very important just to disarm them by not being that kind of vegan. Yeah, I mean, we've said before to to try and be the vegan that you wish you'd have met before you went vegan yourself. And it's hard sometimes, whether you've been vegan for eight months or or eight years or or 30 years, sometimes it's really difficult to connect with who you were in your pre-vegan days. And it's hard to remember the kind of vegan you would have wanted to meet at that point. But I think it's really important to actually take some time to do that. And that's what Ed was, was talking about with regards to a way to be able to and meet people and speak to people that doesn't ostracize them straight away yeah absolutely and i guess actually listening to somebody like earthling ed winters talking at an event like this it's very different to watching him talk on youtube 
massively and in fact we even saw him uh, speak at vegan camp out last year and it was still a little surprising uh, to me at the time that actually his his talk was uh, still aimed quite a lot at, at non-vegans perhaps because i think he understood that a lot of people in the crowd a lot of people that go to vegan camp out it's part of their journey towards veganism rather than him thinking that he was speaking to a room full of vegans but today was very very different uh, today he uh, one of the first things he said was that it was nice to be in a room full of vegans he was very much assuming that everyone or pretty much everyone in the room was vegan so it was a very very different type of talk yes absolutely it was now we've still got plenty of stalls to go around we've just had um, an amazing frost burger that i've not come across before but they make amazing um, kind of vegan bacon burgers uh, vegan beef burgers so we, we are now nice and full again full of energy so let's go see who else we can find so walking up and down the stalls, we've come to another vegan business tribe member. It is Jay from Roots Minerals. And Jay, this stall's looking absolutely fantastic. I know, it's amazing. It's just amazing to be here again. It's two years in the making. And um, yeah, we're here. All the vegan makeup we have. Obviously, I don't know if you guys know the backstory of how we started. My wife, Amy, had super sensitive skin. And I'm thinking, you know, everything she puts on, she tends to react and have outbreaks. I'm like, even with natural products. So me being me, started formulating the range. And um, yeah, we kind of, once we got her shades sorted, I developed the whole foundation range. So we've got 36 shades now. So you, you literally made a company for your wife? Absolutely, yeah. So it's literally inspired by love. Um, I never imagined to be making makeup. If you'd asked me five, 10 years ago, I would have never thought that. <laughs> so we've got to ask then, where's Amy today? Amy's um, actually at the hospital, uh, potentially going to give birth to our baby. So, yeah, it's just exciting. If, if I get the call, I'm going to have to leave and run. So That's real dedication to the company. You've got a wife in hospital about to have a baby. I know, and, and I know, I know. It's, it is what it is. So, Jay, it's been interesting what you've done, because um, it's been a couple of years now that I think you, you've been running with me. the show now. Yeah, five years now. Yeah, five years, which is brilliant. So, I'd just be interested to share, kind of, what are your tips for these first few years? Because the first few years are the hardest, of just getting that momentum and getting people to recognise your brand. So, what's worked for you in the first couple of years? I think experimenting with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, there's no right way of doing it, I guess. You just kind of jump in, try things, and you keep, you keep learning as you go along. And you get a lot of feedback from customers, from suppliers and things like that. And um, yeah, just you use your instinct. So I think it's super important from that perspective to just to try, try and try and try. And then after a couple of years, you find your feet and say, that works. And you know what? Let me just do more of that. Brilliant. And I'm guessing doing a show like this, this actually puts you right in front of customers. So you, you're going to get the feedback. You're going to see what products they gravitate to and pick up as well. 100%, 100%. It's just little things like... Um, you know, color range or, you know, the design or anything like that. Um, and things that they might want in the future. So a lot of customers said, do you guys do a mascara? And I was like, no, we don't. So now we do. <laughs> and um, uh, day before yesterday, well, actually yesterday, we launched our brown eyeliner because uh, everybody was asking, you've got black for a year and a bit now, but what about the brown one? I said, let me work on it. And again, feedback from consumers and customers over the years, it kind of opens up your creative juices and you end up making things what they want and um, they love it and they'll come back again and again. This will be the first time a lot of you um, will have tried this Levy bacon so give us your feedback at the end really interested to hear what you think. So I'm here now with Pierre from Viva and, and Pierre what's, what's your role now with Viva because I know you've not been there that long. No, I only started in November last year and I'm the food and cookery social media coordinator. So everything that has to do with food and cookery, I'm the one who tests new food, 
Yeah, it's a hard job. It's a very hard job. Um, and we've just seen you in action do, doing one of the cookery demonstrations. Exactly. So we made a farinata, which is a vegan frittata, uh, gluten-free, made with chickpea flour, completely eggless, obviously vegan. And uh, the highlight of the demonstration was the white chocolate cheesecake with raspberries, a baked cheesecake, um, which tastes like just like grandma used to make it. Amazing. And did anything go wrong? No, no, I wish, <laughs> of course not, never. Um, I wish I had a couple more spoons because I kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's always like that, isn't it? But no, it went, it went really smooth um, and the people loved it. We had, I think, over 50 people that wanted to try the cheesecake. Um, yeah, and it, it's gone. Poof. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, Viva, an amazing vegan charity. And I think most people, they don't quite get the opportunity to work for a fully vegan organisation. I think that's why so many of our vegan business tribe members start their own businesses, because that's the only way you can actually you know, work for a vegan business. But you've been incredibly lucky to get a role there. So what's it actually like working for a vegan charity? It's amazing. It's literally um, living the dream, for me personally anyway. So we are um, a campaigning charity predominantly. So we do have an online shop and we do have the uh, food and cookery section, our vegan recipe club. But predominantly we are um, campaigning. So we are really doing a lot of undercover investigations, really on the ground and exposing what it's like, what the animal agriculture is like, what the industry is like. And it's just such a great feeling to be part of this. So yeah, I, I couldn't wish for anything better. Really. I've got to ask, how did you get that job? That's a good question. Uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of um, marketing background, which helped. Um, I used to work at the Dogs Trust before, um, so I do have charity background. I do have a, quite a bit of a marketing background. So, And I think I was just lucky that I'm, I'm so passionate and I think they saw that, that I'm really passionate about it. And yeah, we just, we just fit. Yeah. We've got our lentils doing chickpea digina, which is our thing if you're interested. So we are running into legend after legend today, walk around this stall. So uh, we've, we've just been grabbed by Tim Barford from VegFest. Now, now, Tim, do they know you're here? They unfortunately did, yes. So lucky I, I managed to get in on the gate because I do know the owners. So uh, they let me in, yes. Which is brilliant to see. So, Tim, we've obviously got VegFest coming up um, in about five months coming up. So just walking around the show today, what's your sort of feedback of what's happening on the event scene at the moment? Everyone's been away from events, so are we back? We are back, but we're back with a lot of work to do. There's no way we're back to where we were two, three years ago. You know, there's a, a lot of, has changed. And um, for many of us, it's like working almost from scratch. So we've got to kind of rebuild this whole thing, but it's really important that we do that because the vibrancy and the energy that these events can not only create but then then they carry and these things can carry and we need to work hard to do that so uh, it's great to see a real commitment as a number of exhibitors here who've really really actually worked hard to be here um, and and taking risks too you know it's a risk-taking year it's not an easy year absolutely but it is so important i mean it was just walking around today talking to some of the companies here you can only get a certain level of visibility by actually being out in the world and, and, and having people here, buyers walking past, potential customers walking past. It is so important just to get visibility again for vegan businesses. Yeah, and also you've got, you know, you mentioned you've got your networking, you've got your branding, you can sample, you've got your data capture, you've got, you know, it's still a personality trade. And I think this is really important. We're independents and, and people will work with you not just because you've got the right product and not just because you've got the right price break, because they actually like you and they want to work with you and they, they feel that and they want to be part of something. And, and when we grew this like 20 years ago, 
that was the overall feeling that you know we want to be part of something bigger than just ourselves absolutely so there's going to be a lot of work still for VegFest to come so um, what are we expecting from VegFest this year because it, it is the glorious return isn't it yeah I mean I think what you see with VegFest is just a relief that we're back as a, as a unit um, this show here has got a lot of those elements um, but I think come November there'll be even more and part of that's confidence factor and also some of it's just you know easing your way back in and the logistics it's, it's a big deal for everyone um, even for visitors, you know, it's a big deal to plan a day and, and, and pay for it and come. Um, but I think come November, what you see is a real resurgence. I think there's, a, there's an understanding now that we're on a, we're on a time level. And, and if we don't make this work, you know, who is? And, and if, 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 if you're on it, you need to get on it. And that's, that's across the board. You know, that's across the board. That's everywhere, you know. Now's the time. You've got a timetable? Get on it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, we are on it and we're going to be there as well. So uh, we're looking forward to that in November. Good stuff. Well done. I may still get away with my midnight stroll. Another twig snaps. Hello? I met with silence. I know you're there. Let's go home for treats. Still nothing. That's strange. All the animals go wild for treats. I'm not scared. I know the boogeyman isn't real and no one ever comes to our side of the island. Maybe an animal's injured or needs help. Mum won't tell me off for getting up to rescue a poorly animal. This could be my saving grace. I hope they're not too badly hurt. Carefully making my way into the trees, I try to see through the darkness. The moon is bright, but not bright enough to see through all the bushes. It's so dark you can't make out a thing. Come on out so I can help you. I hear what sounds like a startled gasp and that's when I freeze. Animals make a lot of very odd noises, but they don't gasp. So we are now getting to the end of Vegan Life Live, and we've just sat on a lovely bedtime book reading by vegan author and vegan business time member, Ray Starr. Ray, how are you doing today? Hello, oh, it's great to be here. I'm absolutely devastated that I got here late today and I haven't got to see all the amazing stands that are here at this show. So. Um, Note to self, if you get the train to London, leave two hours early. So, Ray, you are the author of Earthlings, um, Dominion is the second book in the series, and then you've got Land of Hope and Glory as well. So just tell me very quickly, so this whole idea of being a vegan author, so, so why is the book vegan? Just outline it for me. Do you know what, this is a really nice question to answer. I can be honest with fellow vegans. So, in the Earthlings world, the world is turned upside down, in the sense that uh, humans aren't in charge, and... Um, a particular animal species is and the lead protagonist Peridot, uh, unbeknown to her she's magic born and she's got these amazing powers and she has to decide whether to use them to save humanity or is the world better off if animals are running it and I won't tell you how it's going to end because I'm writing that in the moment. <laughs> so we're talking about sort of reverse speciesism then aren't we? So, so just tell me then, so why was it so important to actually try and put this into a young adult's book? Because when you go vegan and you find out all the awful things that happen to the animals, the planet and the health aspects, you want to get a microphone and shout it to the world. You want to tell everyone. But for me, this had the opposite effect. You know, doing this with people made them switch off and not listen. So I thought, how can I get, you know, my non-vegan friends and family to realise all these awful things that are going on in a way where they're actually open to learning about it and writing a book seemed to be the way to go and thankfully I can say it's working as well so I'm chuffed a bit so um, what was going to be a one book story is now a three book story and I'm going to keep going so yeah. 
absolutely fantastic and this is a fully published book this isn't just you putting a PDF out there on, on a website for people to download you, you've actually got quite a little bit of success with this too yeah, yeah so we have a few um, earthlings I don't like to say the word fans and that like you know what I mean? But um, my youngest reader is 10 and my oldest is 85. And the most popular kind of demographic seems to be females between the age of 13 and 37, it seems to be. So, um, I mean, I'm, how old am I? I'm 35 and I read young adults. So prime examples. So why young adults are so great. It's not just young adults that read it. So um, if you like magic and fantasy and talking animals, check it out. <laughs> that is wonderful. But can I ask, Ray, so what have you actually done, though, to get that word out there? What have you actually done to build up that audience? Well, met wonderful people like yourselves, <laughs> which is very helpful. I guess it was just the reviews, the initial people that I sent it to, thankfully really enjoyed reading it, reviewed it, shared it with their friends and family who read it, enjoyed it, reviewed it. And then when you go online and you see a book's got good reviews, you're more likely to buy it yourself. And again, where it's not pitched as a vegan book, um, you know, it's open to everyone. Whereas if I'd specifically targeted this as a vegan book, it would have alienated so many people that have, you know, that kind of stigma around the V word. Now I can say quite publicly, yes, I'm a vegan author and I, I write vegan books. But when I originally wrote it, it was very much pitched on young adult fantasy because, you know, that's what's so big at the moment. Harry Potter, um, Game of Thrones, um, Shadow and Bone you know it's got a huge target audience and that was the audience that I wanted to read the book and thankfully are so hopefully we can turn them all vegan Woo <laughs> fantastic so Earthlings is out now and you can you can buy that from, from all good bookshops I think Dominion is what you're working on at the moment I think yeah so Dominion is going to be launched at VegFest alongside yourselves and the Business Tribe uh, Vegan Village I'm very excited and that comes out uh, so that'll be November the 10th won't it yes Fantastic. Well, we are keeping you away from all the children here wanting to get signed copies of the book as well. Uh, so we'll let you get back to them, Ray, but thank you for your time. Oh, it was lovely chatting with you and great to see you. Thank you. And now throughout the whole world, where there is a need for peace. And for all the animals, everyone. And so that is the event pretty much wrapped up. And so Alicia and I, we've just taken a step out and we're in the absolutely beautiful Palm Court area of Alexander Palace now, away from the main hall. And Lisa, just while we kind of wander back to the car park, what are your takeaways from this weekend at Vegan Life Live? The main one might be incredibly obvious, but just that vegan events and events in general are back. Uh, obviously the event was happening anyway, but to actually be here and see people turn up and to see it being populated and people being excited about it. And then actually today being a lot busier even than yesterday. Uh, it's just, um, it's invigorating to, to see and, and really positive about the outlook of, of the sector. Oh my God, just because and just when we thought we'd finished, we now have Shabari Chaga. So, hello, Shabari. Hi, hello. <laughs> From the uh, World Vegan Market. We didn't even know you guys were here. Oh, I know, it's crazy. Well, we were supposed to come here yesterday, um, but, uh, but we didn't because um, our plans had changed. And so we decided to come here today. And, um, oh, I mean, I'm, we've just had an amazing time, actually. I mean, first time in three years, you know, obviously because of lockdown. And, yeah, it's just been absolutely absolutely amazing 
Wonderful. And so what's your big takeaways from the event, from what you've seen today? Oh, wow. I mean, the fact that um, veganism is growing. I mean, yeah, the, the fact is that um, you've got so many um, stalls out there, so many vegan businesses, and it's just growing and growing. And, you know, this is the way that we are going to create a, a vegan world. And that is what I want to see in my lifetime. I want to see that. I've been vegan for 25 years. And, um, yeah, you know, give it another uh, hopefully another 10 years and we, uh, hopefully we will see a vegan world that's fantastic now we are actually getting moved on by the staff here do you want to just say hello staff hi yes you, you do look a little bit scary but we, we are now getting moved on so we go off to leave but shababi lovely to see you So we have now been removed from the premises, which is kind of a great way to end the weekend. It just showed that we were getting every last drop out of that weekend that we could. Um, and so now we've, we've just come and stepped outside, really, and we're, we're sat on the embankment overlooking the park. And it has been a brilliant couple of days down at Vegan Life Live. So that just leaves us to say that um, if you're not yet part of Vegan Business Tribe, do go check us out on the website at veganbusinesstribe.com. Consider signing up as a member. We would love to have you on board. And I usually end these podcasts just by saying, you know, thanking you for your time for listening, that both Lisa and myself really appreciate you being part of what we're doing. But I've got Lisa here with me, so she can actually say it for herself once. So Lisa... <laughs> thank you very much for listening again as David always says you know we really appreciate your support and we help however we can so thank you so much brilliant to have you on board and I will see you on the next one <laughs> <laughs>